Hello 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 welcome to the edition of mind podcast this is Adit Kapadia and with me Sunanda Vashish how are you doing Sunanda Good how are you uh very good so this time we are actually having a two two part not like the other times where we like we are the same two people joining for part two as well so part one me and Sunanda are going to be talking about the current affairs and stuff and part two we'll have a special guest Raghu Anand Narayan who's going to be talking about his work and um I won't tell you more listen to part two for it So um without further ado let's kick things off with uh the breakup song <laughs> I'm kidding uh, I'm talking about of course the BJP PDP alliance breaking up No but it was like the breakup song because remember how in that breakup song mere saiya ji se aaj maine breakup ye matlab yahan saiya ji nahi hai koi No no but what I'm saying is that both parties are feel <coughs> happy with the breakup <coughs> So uh BJP PDP breakup was also like चीफ मिनिस्टर बीजेपी Um, I think this was about to happen. This was yeah, this was knew. brewing for a long time. Uh, there was also the Jammu versus Kashmir divide because BJP had swept Jammu and PDP had, I wouldn't say swept Kashmir, but got a significant chunk. They were the single largest there. party. Well, single largest party, but NC and Congress mm-hmm. got like seventeen and fifteen or something like that. Um, I think uh, uh, my problem is with what happened was that people of Jammu legitimately, and we've talked about this. multiple times, times had a very legitimate grounds where they were being left out um and it should not have been jammu and ladakh at the cost of kashmir hmm. it should have been jammu ladakh and kashmir or it never has been abhi bhi bechare ladakh ki to koi baat hi nahi kar raha hai wo that's the sad reality that's the sad reality yeah. and uh, it was a, it was almost a lose lose situation for the pdp for sure because i mean bjp and that are of course unnatural allies the base of the pdp was not your um it was almost like i won't say the base but part of it was almost soft separatist or something like that because of the statements mufti had made earlier mehbooba had made i mean i have read various pieces about it so not only did they risk alienating that base agar uh, if things did not go well i mean the perception would have been terrible and vice versa likewise for the bjp also uh, aligning with a party like the pdp and you think both do you think both have come unscathed or both have come severely damaged both have come severely damaged and uh bjp more than pdp whether i'm sure no bjp functionary will agree with me but i will explain why let me just go briefly over what happened hmm. 
the election time mm. uh, bjp as you said swept jammu so it had the mandate in jammu but they mm. did not win anything in um, the valley mm. the way the valley is jammu kashmir and ladakh it was a um, divided verdict and mm. at that time i remember news minute had done my interview and i had said you know bjp if you remember prime Min- uh, um, uh, you know prime minister had done some rallies in kashmir and all that and amit shah had addressed me so i said you know it seemed after 2000 2014 and then the elections it just seemed that things are doing well bjp is being sort of accepted in the in valley so i said it it's better that bjp sits in the opposition mm-hmm. however the mandate was such that the only way bjp could sit in opposition was if um nc A national, I mean, national conference, uh, Congress, and PDP came together. So PDP and NC <coughs> had just fought a bitter battle in Valley because <coughs> they are the main challengers mm. to each other, right? So there was no way they could come uh, each other. Or Kashmir me Mahagathbandhan ne hote hai. Mahagun ne ho sakta. Nee nee. There's no question. So um, in fact, at one point, Omar Abdullah with and also people who don't know the history of Kashmir, Muftis and Abdullahs have been at daggers drawn with no, each and, other. No, and 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 just to add something. A lot of people forget. Abhi Mehbooba Mufti. At that time, the leader of PDP was Mufti Muhammad Sayyid. Mufti Muhammad Sayyid and Mufti Muhammad Sayyid and Abdullah family have never looked, um, you know, eye to eye. Never. I mean, I mean, people forget that. Mm. But anyway, with um, Mehbooba at helm and. Um, uh, Omar Abdullah mm. there I have been told and this was in media also there was one time offer where uh, Omar Abdullah's party had told BJ uh, Mehbooba that if they can offer them outside support just to keep BJP out Mehbooba wasn't going to do that and Mufti Muhammad Said wasn't going to do that because he felt that you know if the if we don't um, go with BJP then we are going to have antagonistic center and we'll never and remember at that time BJP um, Kashmir was just reeling from massive floods and an antagonistic jump And an antagonistic because Jam- what this would have meant was Jammu was completely kept out of the government. Government. So then, at that point, even though I felt BJP was um, should have been in uh, uh, opposition, but short of president's rule at that point or another election, there was no other way to form a government. You cannot have elections again and again in a place like Kashmir. It's no, impossible. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of uh, security that is needed and everything, it's I mean, it's just not possible. Logistically, it's not possible to have back-to-back elections. At that point, it was it's not possible to have uh, elections. Yeah, yeah. So the, this was the only way, mm. and Ram Madhav takes a lot of offense when people call it unholy alliance. I agree with him; it's not unholy alliance because BJP did have the mandate in Jammu mm. and PDP did have the thing, but it was an extremely unnatural alliance and extremely, you know, strange mm. bedfellows. I mean, there was no. I, 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 so on this minor point, sorry to interrupt. I agree. I think the word holy unholy should be kept out because what is a holy alliance? Yeah. BJP Shiv Sena. Yeah, I mean, look at what statements say. Or what is um, uh, holy Congress JDS in Karnataka? Uh, so there is nothing holy and holy about it. It's politics. Yeah, let's face it, it's politics. So at the end of it, so it was politics and BJP and um, uh, you know Mufti Muhammad Said got together. I am told that Mahbuba even at that point was completely unwilling. As luck would have it, within eight months Mufti Said died. 
and then there was a large vacuum mehbooba would not come out of the morning and which is her first biggest blunder i wrote it in a piece that time i said this is the biggest blunder mehbooba is doing because the state came under 42 days of uh, president's rule Mm. and for 42 days there was a vacuum because people didn't know what was happening was she going to continue the alliance what was she doing she kept everyone um guessing and that was the time that um you know in a vacuum is always a bad news in kashmir in terms of uh, terror and uh, violence and everything as soon as she came and then burhanwani episode happened terror started um, coming back kashmir started slipping from mehbooba's hands even <coughs> though security forces were gaining um, uh, you know uh, foothold and a lot of mm, terrorists mm, were being mm. killed yet the security situation kept deteriorating so much so that south kashmir which is pdp's bastion has today become a no go zone it has come to such a point that the constituency that mehbooba mufti vacated an anantnag constituency mm. where she is wanting to field her brother and get him tasaddu um, kusen and get him elected because that is the bastion of um, mm. you know pdp and she never wins there mm. she has not been able to conduct elections yeah. there she has not been able to conduct one by election even when by election was announced there was so much violence that they had to cancel it if you remember mm-hmm. so she hasn't been able to um, you know conduct election in one constituency so it is completely and people who have told me and who have gone to uh, south kashmir reliable people tell me that it's a no go zone i mean it's impossible pdp ministers could not go into their own constituency for fear of being um, uh, killed mehbooba had alienated a lot of people in kashmir with mm. this alliance mm. so to cut the long story short what happened is bjp jammu unit uh, i don't know how to say this politely they pretty much did nothing being part of the government they did not work for jammu they did not sort of um, have their presence felt in um, any positive um, mm. um, business of the government or any policy making or anything okay. the so, worst they did was alienate jammu they could not even keep jammu together with the result adit if they hold an election today in um, jammu i how long ago have i told you this mm. bjp will get wiped out in jammu That's as true. of today I don't know about tomorrow, but as of today, even today, BJP will get wiped out from Jammu. That's a that's a big statement to make. So Considering BJP got twenty five out of twenty five in uh, the Jammu province, that's a big statement to make. Yeah. Sunanda. So and understanding that, understanding that, it made a lot of sense for BJP to quit this alliance because hmm. they at least need Jammu. So now the question remains that in absence of any development. in absence of any promises being kept how is this breakup alliance being going to um, work in jammu because kashmir they're not going to win anything anyway mm. and um, i don't think mehbooba will be forgiven any time easily mm. so i think it is right now mm. we are looking at if and when elections are held it seems to be an easier way for <coughs> national conference i i see a national conference congress government in um, you know in valley at least <laughs> okay so let, let, let's 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 go a little forward here mm. now the issue is right now kashmir is under governor's rule right yes. and the current governor of kashmir is mr yes. nn vora whose term expires 
very short. In Actually, about three months. I am no, 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 no. In a few days, a few I days. thought he's already on an extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been governor so for ten years. There have been issue. There have been calls to replace Mr. Vora with another governor. Especially a quote-unquote hawkish governor yeah, from the. Yeah, seems to be seen if uh, you know they have. Mr. Hasnain's name was going along for the Lata Hasnain, General Lata Hasnain's will, but uspe ke baat to kuch suna nahi. And then there is a lot, lot of other SP Wide's name I heard. Um, who's the police chief? Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's one of the theories I had heard. Or, is he getting? Is he retiring? No, I, I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know, right? But I mean, it remains I, to be seen. It will be will a political phase go to uh, Kashmir or will an ex army man go? Ex army or an ex bureaucrat? Bureaucrat. We I don't mean, know. We ex- don't know. A lot of ex IAS officers or IPS yeah. officers could have been because there was also talk about a, a I forget the name. He was like in Chhattisgarh or something and had a lot of experience in countering the Naxal insurgency. These are some of the names I had heard from different sources and all. So that remains to be seen. But all in all, we can say that. Kashmir, India shouldn't let Kashmir go to a point of no return, and I don't mean a point of no return in terms of security apparatus. There, the security forces are doing well. I mean politically, yeah, because then you don't want elements like Engineer Rashid getting elected mm-hmm. on seats there. Uh, I don't know if the climate is right now correct to hold the elections, considering how volatile the situation is, mm-hmm. and. Quite frankly, how scary it is for the people to even come out and vote. Yeah. And in amidst all of this, or af- before all of this, of course, we must not forget it's only been almost a week and a half since Shujaat Bukhari tragically was yes. shot dead. That was the final, as I say, straw in the camel's back. Right, and then since then, all this has happened. So I don't know if all the efforts that were made earlier have uh, been like almost as a reset mode. Or is there a part from where the government can start and rebuilding the bridge? Uh, whatever it is, I think we are at a very scary juncture. Yeah. Uh, it could go either way, and I mean, um, we wish Mr. Prime Minister Modi the best. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a Kashmir tough. Has, it's a tough six months ahead. Tested the our finest brains. I mean, it's not an easy problem. And Mr. Doval too. Yeah. And Mr. Doval too. So I just Mr. wish them the best. Luck. Yeah, um, we have a much easier job. We just have to sit and comment. No, I know, but it's 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 depressing yeah. sometimes when you yeah. hear these news. Also, yeah. um, moving on, I think we want to spend a little bit of time talking about an issue that happened. So um, I, I actually didn't see all of it because I was again out out and about. But then, uh, from what I read, there was a passport officer um, in uh, UP. Was it Lucknow? Lucknow. Lucknow. Yeah, uh, where uh, there was a lady who said that uh, she was asked. Uh, so the whole thing broke because there is this lady who was uh, apparently said that they were not given um, her story first. They were not given passport because it was a quote unquote interfaith marriage, oh. and she made it seem like because it was a Hindu Muslim marriage, they were not given passport with that name, and her husband was told to convert or something like that. It just seemed. It just didn't seem the right story. I mean, it just didn't seem the facts were correct on it. But um, and then the passport she, officer subsequent was transferred or something. No, 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 because um, he was superseded. Yeah. He was superseded by the ministry because she raised hue and cry. The ministry looked. The entire media jumped on it without doing any um, due diligence. The um, you know media was everywhere. It was the uh, the MEA jumped on it and. Her ex- passport was expedited and given to her in few hours. Hmm. Hunky, so far so good. 
it later it was found out that passport officer was only trying to for because he came because he was transferred and um, there there is a and i did a brief interview with him and he said all he was doing was following the rules because the apparently she did not have a wedding certificate and so she had a nikah nama and her name was changed um uh, so uh, there were discrepancies in the mm-hmm. uh, paperwork and he was only following rules and that's why he was not doing so entire if a nikah nama is changed that means if a nikah nama is she probably converted to Islam. converted so that it's not an interfaith marriage and yeah. there was no question of being um, uh, huh. you know so so i don't uh, know what is the arms. issue and but then, people were upset that somebody can create a cock and bull story right. and get right. um passport within hours that's what people were upset that why was due diligence not done why were processes not followed and why was this um, passport officer poor Sack. thing sacked yeah. i mean yeah, like, he was in a gorakhpur or something but why he was only following his rules and if such interference starts coming from the ministry then people bureaucrats will be even good babus will be afraid of doing good no, work and the question is if if he was wrongly or rightly sacked if he was rightly sacked then probably an explanation is due about why he was transferred sorry transferred is and if he was wrongly transferred then he should be reinstated saying yeah. that okay there was an error made yeah. you know silence doesn't help solve anything over this issue yeah. now what now people started blaming sushma swaraj mm-hmm. the minister of external affairs because she has personally been solving a lot of these problems via twitter if anybody comes to her to expedite mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. there are genuine issues like somebody's family member has passed away and they need to get to that place or the dead body needs to be returned or somebody is in distress in a oh. foreign land somebody has lost a passport somebody has lost thing she has been very very proactive with the result today adit sushma swaraj is the most popular minister and loved minister of uh, narendra modi government this mm. is not an exaggeration you have seen it mm. and i know i mean hand on heart i know that the councillors around the world have changed absolutely and I, you I, will I, agree with that no no i i mean i have seen it through my i, I yes. have been here since 2007 i've worked with the indian consulate as uh, early as last year right for i had some uh, thing that i have to do and indian citizens we have to regularly go oh, get yeah. the passport stuff and done very helpful very helpful so the culture has changed and has come from the top mm. you and i have spoken to people who are in, in charge of councillors and they always say that it's it's the culture that has been coming from the top it's the news it's the directives that have come from the top so in that sense sushma swaraj has been doing a lot of good work now the problem is when you do a lot of this expedite you um, completely bypass the bureaucracy babudam and you get these things done it's wonderful when it is a genuine case but there is bound to be it's inherently flawed what will happen is that some one or two that will slip through the cracks that will slip through the cracks and they will try to take advantage of somebody trying to be good and that is what happened here this woman tried to just pull a fast one she was completely exposed on twitter again but the what happened in the process was the amount of abuse that sushma swaraj got honestly broke my heart i mean it's not about whether and i would have said this about anybody forget about sushma swaraj the external affairs minister no human being should treat another human being like that sushma ji has just come after uh, very difficult kidney replacement right. surgery for people to be actually attacking her on her health issues 
is the lowest you can get. I mean, no, no. This and, is and, and this wishing is for bad about bad your kidney about and stuff. It is pathetic. I mean, I have read some of the really bad messages. That really bad. So, so, I mean, honestly, I don't know how a human so, being can so, talk to another human and, being and, like so, that. And this is the thing. Surinder and me both have raised questions about this Vikas Mishra issue and why he was transferred and, you know, what was the role and everything. And even Mr. Swaraj's explanation, maybe uh, saying that she was out, may have not been adequate. She might, she ought to have known more as a minister. Yeah. But that does not justify abusing her the way she was abused. People, criticize, forget, people forget that she has done 2,000 good things and that one story that did And maybe her reaction also about liking those tweets and stuff was because she actually interacts with a lot of mm. people. I think Namrata tweeted this. She actually interacts and she also had that human moment where, mm. you know, what what is what are people saying? And I was shocked. That's why I said that. I was like, nothing justifies this nonsense. No, nothing this abusive doesn't. language. Nothing justifies the this. The bottom moment. line is, would you... No, and I, I really want to ask people who may want to contextualize, would you talk to anyone like that? I no, I won't, right? No, you I don't know how this... So, but Sushma was also sent... I do want to point out that she was asked questions in a very polite manner also. Oh, absolutely. So, a lot of people... Which asked, she should respond Which she should or, respond or if, to. if not her, maybe the ministry the ought government. to have issued a clarification. So, what should have happened is, instead of her getting upset, she should have gotten her ministry to uh, issue a clarification mm. that is what should have happened instead of you know her getting so upset at reading those tweets i would really advise her not to go read all these abusive tweets instead or ignore them ignore them instead look at the questions that have been asked to you very very politely and if you cannot answer each one of them it's not possible to answer release a you know and, a, and a might I add, there is no way Surandar may are endorsing any of those abusive no, tweets by saying no. ignore I'm them I'm very upset I'm for very all, upset all madam, the minister might be you want to report them that's okay for no, the language yeah, yeah, yeah. for abusive all language all I'm saying is that minister should have released a statement mm -hmm. that's all in in order mm -hmm. for her to save herself and from before all you this. jump on me I meant report on Twitter by reporting an issue yeah, yeah. Report yeah, yeah, yeah. so anyway but no I agree with you so yeah. Um, I guess that sums up what we had to say on it. It's going to be a short current affairs segment this week since we focused on, uh, uh, since we're going to focus on the Raghu uh, Anantanayarayan's interview. So um, that is it uh, from us this week. We'll talk about our recommendations uh, after the Raghu Anantanayarayan interview. Hello everyone. So for this special edition of Mind Podcast, um, or special segment of Mind Podcast, with joining Sunanda and me is Raghu Anantanarayan, who is an author and an activist and has co-founded uh, Sumedha Academy for Human Context, um, uh, the Barefoot Academy for Governance, and Flame Tower Nowhere. He serves on the board of various companies and now He's, he is embarked on a very interesting project. He's engaged in mentoring a young group of sacred activists called Ritambara. And also, he's also um, co-creating a platform called Ananta Yoga. Um, and he, I mean, he has a phenomenal uh, bio and is doing some amazing work. So we're uh, very help, uh, we're very honored to have him on Mind Podcast. So welcome to Mind Podcast, Raghu. Uh, hi, yeah, thanks for inviting me over. Yeah. So let let's start. Let's kick things off by talking about Ritambara. Since um, uh, you've just embarked on it, what is it about? Uh, uh, what is the future? What have you encountered so far, and everything? Yeah. To give you a brief background, uh, 
give you a brief idea. The Zambara is uh, has been started by me and my wife Ashikala as a trust, uh, which is going to be focusing on what we call uh, Indic wisdom broadly. And uh, our idea is to be able to enable people to uh, become very conversant on how to facilitate processes that help people really uh, get. Deeply involved with and understand the index uh, ways uh, for themselves. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So the, the primary focus would be the. I mean, at, at one level, the idea would be like for saying, uh, you know, to say, um, maybe we'd like to create about twenty to twenty-five facilitators every year who understand uh, yoga in fair depth, mm-hmm. uh, who understand. Uh, inner and outer spaces, in the mm. sense of you know how how do you use vastu mm. as a way of understanding inner spaces, and how do you understand a temple space? How do you understand sacred spaces? Mm. Yeah. So and, um, uh, we also have. No, uh, I and uh, you know I was reading about your project Ritambara and it um, seemed fascinating, and I like the way you say that it is about Indic wisdom and Indic way of life. When I heard you, Raghu, right now, it seemed to me that this ideally should have been way of life in the Indian subcontinent at some point, and now it. a time has come where you have to create fellows and where you have to make an effort to teach it to some mm. people mm. how did we get to this point as a civilization yeah what <laughs> that's uh, that's a long uh, uh, discussion sananda i know but uh, if you can if you can the reason i asked this question I, ragu was because people should know on, on a lighter on note, a, on a lighter note, I was like, you might in, inspire Raghu to start another project called Pandora, <laughs> finding out opening a Pandora's box. <laughs> yeah, I, think so. See, I, I think I think what has happened is uh, two or three phases. We'll have to look at it as two or three phases. Huh? Mm-hmm. See, one is an initial phase where I think there was a whole um, uh, you know ferment. In a sense, because if you read the Vedas and things like that, they're not just one set of statements. They're a compilation of spiritual research, in a sense, done by a number of people. Mm. And in the Vedas, you have contrary statements also, you know, and they're just recording. They're like documentation of what Vishwamitra did, how he did his stuff, and what somebody else did, and all that. And there's also a lot of in-depth work on how language has to be used. Uh, and things like this. So it's just a putting together of a lot of wisdom of that point in time. Mm. And you see in the Vedas, there's a lot of discussion that people have had, the earlier Vedas, the later Vedas, and things like that. And you even have, uh, you know, texts that talk about metallurgy, texts that talk about linguistics, the reference to astronomy, and so many, mm. uh, you know, knowledge streams. Mm-hmm. And then there has been a stage, I think, when uh, you know the ritualistic part got a certain predominance, and that's when uh, Jain and Buddhist influences came up in India. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever think that the initial Buddhist influence was, you know, the way it is seen now: Buddhist versus Hindu. Oh, okay. You know, a lot of Buddha's work itself can be seen as just re-anchoring. 
the thought in a much more uh, sound spiritual basis and also taking it much more easily accessible make it much more easily accessible to people hmm. and then there was another stage hmm. i think which is an important stage where some of the great universities that were created in india were destroyed Mm-hmm. not Dr. Sheila, Nalanda and things like that. That was largely because of Muslim invasion. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, made a very big difference to the quality of study in India. Mm-hmm. And what happened after that was the, uh, was the large wave of Bhakti mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. And I think that kept a lot of the uh, Indic thought and the, the ways of life mm-hmm. going. And the interesting thing is that in spite of all these disruptions there's been a continuity of thought you know in mathematics and other places you know mm-hmm. areas of study if you see mm-hmm. right up to the 17th century you have you know very major advances happening mm-hmm. so the major disruption happened in india only after the 17th 18th century mm-hmm. when the british came in mm-hmm. so till then there's been some quality alive some ways like for example i studied the uh the the way the village administrations and all that were happening largely through the works of dharampal and there seems to be a fairly robust way of working even in the 1700s yeah and yeah we also know that you know gdp wise india was 25% of gdp in the 1700s absolutely yeah so here is my question to you ragu i thank you for um you know explaining that in such lucid manner uh my question to you is now when we speak of the indic way and and pardon me if i am understanding it wrong um but is there reconciliation with modernity or modern ways of maybe good or bad but what the modern lifestyle that we have um you know um, taken over and that cannot be undone a lot of things cannot be undone anymore so how do you reconcile these two things i mean uh, do you see it Shall as the constant, twain ever meet yeah is it constantly evolving how does this work i think we are even asking the question reconcile mm-hmm. because of the disruption that has happened in the educational pattern true in the 18th 19th century and after the british came in mm-hmm. right and again you'll have to refer back to dharampal and people like that to get a much more detailed view of this mm-hmm. but if you look at the indian continuity na mm-hmm. uh it has always been evolving mm-hmm. i don't think there's any point of time it has not been evolving Correct. and basic uh stream of thought in india has always been the sutras mm-hmm. yeah the yoga sutra or the brahma sutra various things like this right mm-hmm. even the buddhist uh, literature we have very important sutras mm-hmm. now the meaning of the word sutra is a principle mm-hmm. so you, you hold on to the to the central principle and each age when time changes one is supposed to recreate the actual practice of that principle mm-hmm. yeah and this is a very very beautiful uh, you know idea Correct. so yoga sutra for example gives you 192 lines it's mm-hmm. just two and a half pages or three pages of written of uh, printed stuff yeah but each commentary 
idea is to, to keep the principles intact and to find how one can apply it in a modern context. Mm-hmm. And the context will keep on changing. I mean, the Indian idea is that the context will keep on changing. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. So, uh, Raghu, I want to narrow down on something because what you have embarked on is a is a massive, you know, uh, project because you referred to mathemat- mathematics, metallurgy, uh, you're talking about the Yoga Sutras, I mean, various things, right? Uh, getting Indic thought from all these places. So, I want you to take, because I also read about you working on something called Ananta Yoga, right? So, is it related to Ritambara or is this a separate thing you're doing? Uh, and uh, if it is related, uh-huh. are you going to see diversification of fields also while you're do- em- pers- embarking on this journey? See, Ananta Yoga is uh, an attempt that many of us who are students of Krishna Acharya, Yoga Acharya, Krishna Acharya, and Deshikachar mm. have come together to work on, which is, you know, the to keep alive some of the teachings that we got from him. Mm. So we're kind of putting together some programs, we're putting together all the, you know, study material that we have and things like that. Mm. So that is more or less just to keep the stream alive. It's like an alumni of all of us who were mm. in the Krishna Karya Yoga Mandiram when it started. Mm. Yeah, so we feel that we have to put our stuff together because there is a certain dilution and all that happening in that stream. Mm. So, yeah, so that's a separate thing. No, but essentially it is related to your efforts, right? I mean, in the what you're doing with Ritambara is similar, right? Yeah. It, see, my, my work Yoga Charya, Krishna Charya is central to whatever I'm doing. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All my work is based on that. You know, okay. whether it is working with the rural people and government issues like through uh, the, the Barefoot Academy or whether I'm working with uh, uh, the psychology na, through Sumedas, yeah. I'm actually working with behavioral sciences. Okay. Right? Yes. All yeah. of that is based only on my understanding of yoga. Okay. Uh, now let me ask you a question um, that um, you know what they call the bread and butter question how does one become part of your Ritambara program or how do you choose these um, you know people who embark on this journey and who are the chosen ones and who are the chosen ones (laughs) forgive me for my impertinence actually actually Ritambara happened because a set of people who called themselves the sacred activists young group of people Mm came to me and Sashi and said, how do we live a life today in a modern context, mm. which is based on sound Indian principles. Mm. So we told them that, look, we'd love to experiment with a group of people like you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So that's how it started. So after about a year or two of working with them, we formed Ritambara because it was also their need to create a body like this. Oh, okay. you know, Sashi and I were past 60 and we were thinking of you know, just teaching whoever came up. Mm. Yeah. Right? So the central idea is something like this. Um, one is that there is a modern context like you're talking about and the Indian context today is actually quite confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah? There's a lot of political turmoil, there's lot, lot, all kinds of things happening in India. Yeah. And how does a young person in a context like this have a central way of approaching life? So the Yoga Sutras then became the central learning for the group of people. 
It's been mm. more than a year with me studying yoga sutra. We would meet once in a week or once in a couple of weeks. And my way of teaching the yoga sutra is drawn a lot from experiential behavioral sciences. So we do a lot of inner work. So there's a whole part of yoga sutra which is, you know, to do with psychological transformation, mm-hmm. which is the antaranga sadhana. So I focus a lot on the antaranga sadhana. And uh, I introduced many of them to another very close colleague of mine from our school of yoga called uh, uh, Saraswati Vasudevan, who runs a place called the Yoga Vahini. Mm-hmm. So they learn the physical aspects of yoga more or less, the Bahiranga from her. And then Shashi, uh, my wife has studied uh, Vastu Shastras from a teacher called Ganapati Sapate. Was a very well-known teacher mm-hmm. who you know, built a lot of temples all over the world, actually. Mm-hmm. So she studied almost 10 years with him to understand the basic principles of space and design. She's an architect. Mm-hmm. And both of us were, you know, uh, infected by Dharampa. Okay. So we had to go into studying Indian stuff. So she studied this and uh, she she's uh, spent a lot of time understanding the inner work and the outer work that is required understand space mm-hmm. yeah interesting and then one more person has joined us called Anuradha Ramesh does a lot of work with uh, energy healing oh, okay yeah she does work with something called the transgenerational healing process with uh, you know breath techniques and all of us are anchored in yoga I understand. Um, and let me um, bring you back from, as they say, subtle to mundane. Um, finally, under uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi, we have, it seems that yoga is getting um, its rightful place. I don't mean to bring you into the realm of politics, but just as a bystander or a practitioner of yoga, what do you think about this government's thrust to yoga with International Yoga Day that's now being that we just celebrated a couple of days ago and uh, the way it's being celebrated around the world so what do you think about uh, the thrust what do you think about uh, this and do you think India has owned up yoga enough uh, you're asking me very big complex questions <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I, I think it's a good thing uh-huh. that uh, the Prime Minister is doing this because, um, you know, the soft power uh, politics or whatever they talk about these days, I think it's important for India to hmm. understand it and work with it. China does it quite a bit with their yes. confusion. No, absolutely. Uh, that, that it's, 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 I think it's, India has been doing it without much support for a long time and I think it's a good thing for the support to come in. Mm. Right? Now, having said that, it's also important that real research is invested in. Mm. Uh, in a sense that, uh, you know, something that will consolidate the, the whole process of what we call yoga. Otherwise, you're having all kinds of things happening. Mm. And uh, the West claims uh, that it's doing innovation, which I think is a lot of distortion. So, the latest thing I got this morning was a WhatsApp message on beer yoga. Oh my God. So people drinking, yeah, people drinking beer while doing an asana. That is and just this is ridiculous. This is a travesty. Yeah, yeah. that's a travesty. And I don't know how this can be dealt with because, yeah. you know, it's such an, yeah, 
it's such a wide field and anybody can get up and do whatever they want. Yeah. So there has to be some way in which, you know, there's some consolidation and uh, a way of establishing the Indian uh, origin of this and maintaining at least one stream of very, very good deep research. Mm. I agree with you. Absolutely. Great point. I'm glad you brought that point because, yeah, because I have been feeling that too. Because I think a lot of, um, you know, in the process it gets corrupted and it is as uh, because India has originated from India and we should A, own ownership and B, we should sort of emphasize to the world that there is a right way of doing yoga and there is a wrong way. Hmm. No, and yeah. Also, yeah. rather than in just investing in academics around, I mean, if we kind of, you know, uh, the efforts are sort of consolidated, it could, the results could be more positive. Yeah, because, because if it becomes beer yoga you, and wine yoga and something yeah, else. You, because yoga because is a true, I mean, you are not going to be able to stop everything. Yeah. But the only way to at least counter this narrative is to have a narrative have about a narrative. what means to have yoga and stuff like that. Because yes. you can't ever stop yeah. one or other thing. But so, I think, I think yeah. Dalai Lama is doing a I think the Dalai Lama is doing a very good job of encouraging both research and consolidation. He is. Absolutely. He is. I agree. I think those are yeah. Research and consolidations are the the keywords. Keywords here. So in 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 conclusion, because we are reaching uh, the end of our time, uh, Raghu, just some final thoughts on Ritambara and what what do you expect in the days to come? See, one of the things that we are doing in Ritambara is. Uh, doing, we are working on three levels of program yeah. in Pratampara. One is the deeper level of program that we call the immersion, mm. where we are taking Mahabharata mm. and working with Mahabharata and yoga mm. uh, through five and a half day intensive process. Mm. I'm just going to be doing a program called the Ramayana immersion, mm. where we take the Ramayana again and, you know, marry it with yoga. Mm principles of yoga because that's why that's why the Puranas were written so that if we can understand mm. uh, the principles of yoga and things like that in an easy way mm. we also work with uh, uh, understanding how to look at the temple how to look at inner space mm-hmm. uh, how to and what to base design and things like that mm. Sashi works with that largely and then we have uh, a few programs which are uh, lighter, no? like you know, light classical kind of stuff, mm. where we've taken some principles from uh, yoga largely mm. and uh, from Vasu and all that mm. to create a simpler kind of thing. We call it the Saptas for us. Interesting. Where they're saying that if you understand, if you understand seven key words, you mm. understand what is basically Indian. Yes. Very interesting. And we are working with this. Yeah, okay. this is another level of work that we right. do. Yeah. And we also encourage dialogue on the question of what is India? Mm. And what is India? How do you understand this phenomenon? Fascinating. Fascinating. So, good luck on your efforts, Raghu. I think this also requires a deeper dive. And we would happy to do, we are happy to do a deeper, like a mind debate session. Or like a one hour debate on it. And we'll discuss it. But... Uh, I'm glad you could join us for this session of Mind Podcast from Adit and Sunanda. Thank you so much for thank joining. You, thank it's you. It's been a great discussion. And uh, to our listeners, thank do you. look up um, Raghu's work. R- do look up Ritambara. And um, this is something that we are happy to endorse. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
thank you ragu for joining us okay thank you thank you so much thank so suranda uh, what are your recommendations this week you know this week i saw black panther Finally. Are you? How? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Finally, wow. and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Did you watch it on a big screen or a small screen? No, I watched it on my screen. Much small screen, yeah. small screen. But you yeah. liked it, right? I liked it quite a bit. Mm. So I would recommend Black Panther. It is. It is. I thought it was in weird sense Bollywood meet Hollywood, but. Mm. also the undertone what i personally liked were the political undertones oh absolutely so it was just um i enjoyed black panther I, I quite a bit it. yeah I loved it. yeah so i would i would highly recommend black panther oh i and and he's great in the avengers movie as well and the yeah. avengers 2 movie comes out as well so i mean sunanda welcome to the marvel universe yeah. i like glad you like it i enjoyed black panther so, quite a bit my recommendation in is, fact i was just i flip because nobody had prepared me for that you know that hanuman scene the glory for hanuman glory for hanuman glory to hanuman and we are vegetarian uh, so i was just sitting there and suddenly jumped as like when a marble did you say we are vegetarian yeah Achha, he wo- said we are going to beware um, uh, or something we are uh, you know it's a it's a funny way and he's saying we'll cut you to pieces or something and this is don't worry we are vegetarian oh so yeah i yeah. don't even remember that yeah but um so i am I, i i don't know why i didn't recommend it last week but I'm going to recommend a place, two places this time. Um, I was in um, Alaska, which is one of the most gorgeous places on earth. You must go visit if you get a chance. Uh, it's beautiful, and the less, the more said about it, it's it's less, you know, kind of it. Like, ab bolte hi ja sakte. It's so gorgeous. But the second place is a very unique place in Seattle. It's called the, and maybe I'm butchering the word. It's called Chilhuli Garden of Glass or something. And the entire garden is like it's like a whole art museum sort of thing, where there are works and pieces made of glass, all handcrafted by an artist, who lost his one eye doing this and all this. It is incredible the intricate carvings, the imagination, and I mean he's let his imagination run wild there. It's one of the most magical places in Seattle. uh and i would highly recommend for people going there so my recommendation is not going to be uh, uh reading or it's a going uh, anyways i think we travel to less than what we ought to so travel well guys and yeah. have um, have a lot of fun while doing so <laughs> anyways this concludes my podcast this week uh we'll be back next week with more till then from sunanda and adit this is goodbye thanks